This programme was produced at and first aired on MPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, MPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Welcome to Manawatu Conversations, recollections of the past and sometimes opinions about the future. Today we have with us Helen Chung, Barbara Arnold, Audrey Jarvis and I'm Stuart Burks. Now uh, thank you very much to the three of you for, for coming along and the reason that uh, we're here as a group is that you have all been involved with the National Council of Women. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So, uh, how long have you been involved with that? Well, I became what was then an associate in 1978, and remained an associate, which is somebody who represents themselves with individual views, until about 1989, when uh, nationally they decided to have individual members, and I became an individual member and a delegate for various uh, organisations. Uh, over the years, and I've been involved ever since. I became an associate member in the mid-1980s, when my youngest child was still at preschool, and I was an associate until I started teaching, and I became the delegate in 1995, I think it was, Helen, to as the representative for post-primary teachers organisation association replacing me replacing <laughs> Helen <laughs> and I became a delegate when I joined in it would have been about 1990 um, and I represented Methodist women not Methodist mm. women national but Methodist women at the church I belong to in which would have been Trinity Methodist Church then but it became Wesley Broadway Methodist Church which it is now yeah. Oh, okay. So, so you were saying the the structure, your associate, and then group and individual. What? How was it organised? Mainly, it was delegates who were representatives of either local organisations like the Women's Centre, or national organisations like PPTA, um, and they sent delegates to the National Council of Women to bring their concerns and their views on issues to the um, to the branch and then possibly to national. And then there were people like Barbara and me who were interested in women's issues but for various reasons didn't represent organisations and we became associates and had a regular meeting and three of the associates represented our views at branch meetings and then it changed to individual members and individual members could attend meetings and represent their own views. Right, so there could be, you could be individual or you could represent a group? Know, that's right. Okay, so, so is it or was it essentially a lobby group? That's a very interesting question and we ran into a problem with that. Uh, we did have um, a court case about that very issue Nationally. Nationally, yes, because the Charities Commission, as it was then, decided that National Council of Women was an advocacy group because we would be putting in submissions on bills to Parliament 
to select committees to hear the views of women and on discussion documents and working with government agencies to put forward the views of women. They thought that was advocacy. We said we were advocating on behalf of half the population, so it was hardly specific advocacy. And they took us off the Register of Charities. National Mm. Council of Women New Zealand came off the Register of Charities because they decided we were an advocacy group and that was not one of the heads of charity. The four heads of charity that they use at the moment date back to Elizabeth I, but they are under review and there is some legislation, I think, coming through the process, something I need to check up on. So we... The implication of that was that we lost our tax-free status, which immediately did bad things to our financial situation. But we were able to find a very good lawyer who was interested in charities law and took the case to the High Court and won that advocacy on behalf of all women was not a bad thing to do. We were also involved in education, so there was a lot of education purposes that went on as well. So that was sort of a scene setter for lots of other charities because a lot of our members that were organisations were likely to find themselves in the same position. So it was a very difficult time while we sorted out that particular question. Yeah, because there was uh, age concern and grey power made the split for the same reason, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. yeah. There, there was a whole lot of oh. implications that fell out of that. Okay. So, so you were, so you weren't just doing the lobbying. There was the other charity type activity. That's right. Which, yes. which was what? What sort of thing? Um, one of the heads of charity is promoting religious expression, um, education, and NCW did a lot of that. Yeah. In that, when the discussion around different bills and discussion documents from places came out. There was a lot of education that went on at branch level in order for members to understand what was going on. So education is part of the lobby process rather than... You've got to find out what's going on. That's an education process. But there there are other things. In, In 1946, um, the branch raised £300 out of the £100,000 needed to establish a chair of obstetrics at Otago University. And in 1951, uh, a new building was purpose-built for the aged because before that they'd been in the hospital and many of them were not functioning, so they really didn't need a place in the hospital. And three of our members were um, on the committee that founded that and that's now the Marae, that building is now the Marae on Maxwell's line. But oh, that was okay. the, the old people's home in Awapuni. Okay, so you're going back sometime mm. now. Of, of mm. the three of you, you were the, the earliest to join in 78. Of, of but, the three but, of us, yes. Yeah, but the, the organisation has obviously been 19, around for much longer. 1934. The organisation, oh, National Council National. of Women New Zealand, yeah. Yeah. started in 1896. Yeah, okay. And it was initiated by that same group of women that drove the 1893 suffrage petition. Okay, so the first yeah. president was Kate Shepard. Mm-hmm. So they had their first conference in 1897, and in 1897 they passed a remit that said 
that in all cases where women and men are engaged in the same work, either in the employment of government or of private individuals, equal wage should be paid for equal work. Passed in 1897, mm. reiterated in 1900, 1901 and 1902. And as I was saying to Helen and Audrey a short time ago, one of the great things about being an organisation that's been around for this long is that you can point to your history in this particular mm. issue and we've been here for a long time we are still plugging it we just hand the baton to the next generation and mm-hmm. they take it over okay so i know that's that's in a one you've, you've got the, the the national body there are regional branches mm-hmm. are there and what sort of membership is it large numbers are they relatively old relatively young you've got young women moving into this or have they joined other organisations since then? There are young women that belong to the organisation but they tend to be individual members and they don't join up to branches the same. I know from the work that I do on the climate change and environment section it's called a hub always a bit weary. Within the National Council of Women? Within the National Council of Women. They used to be called standing committees, now they're called Mm. hubs, which is the slowest moving part of the wheel, but never mind. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And they they tend to be active in those because it's more specific to what their interests are. So Mm -hmm. we have a number of young women on the different hubs that contribute in that way. Mm. The International Council of Women was formed... We were not one of the first organisations. National Council of New Zealand was not one of the first organisations to join up to the International Council of Women. So that was started uh, several years before NCWNZ started, mm-hmm. which was always interesting to me. Um, so we have this international collection connection. There are lots of NCWs, so there's NCW South Africa, there's NCW Canada, there's NCW Australia, there's NCW Great Britain, NCW Thailand, and etc, etc, unless they're French-speaking, in which case they're Conseil International de Femmes. Yeah. And the headquarters of ICW is based in Paris. Mm-hmm. ICW has um, permanent representation at the United Nations, mm-hmm. so... It's only a three-step process to the UN. Yeah. So have, have some of you been involved in overseas gatherings yes. on this? Yes, yeah. I have. I've been to three and mm-hmm. also represented NCW as part of a government delegation to the Commission on the Status of Women in New York. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, so, and you said there's hubs. So what sort of areas are, are you looking at? Um, Audrey... Which hubs are you involved with? Education? Um, no, health and welfare and the climate change. Mm-hmm. So there were the two that I have chosen to be part of. Mm-hmm. And that involves doing what? Well, it is fairly new. We, these are new hubs that we've just set up. But it involves... Um, this is started by somebody in national office and um, we're doing Zoom meetings um, Mm -hmm. to look at particular issues that are relevant to the hunt that we have chosen to be part of. 
and there's one, for example, has just the one about the environment and climate change. Um, had a meeting recently, a Zoom meeting, and they have now put in a submission to the Minister for the Environment. Okay, that's so on the emissions reduction plan. That's right. Okay, so. The, the, so what do you, you, you have a, a, a research body or you formulate a policy that you promote or you lobby your members for ideas? All of those. <laughs> we are, the, the, the research body that we have is our membership, so we've got mm. overlap between that. But as Audrey says, with the hubs, the specific members have volunteered to work on these particular problems, these mm-hmm. particular bills or in that case the emissions reduction plan was a discussion document but before that we had worked on the zero carbon act Mm. as it is now Mm. and that was done through the climate change and environment committee and we do the research and we pull our ideas and we write it jointly and we put it in on behalf of national council of women okay so you you'd have among your members you'd have specialists in those areas yes There's a very uh, wide range yeah. of people who have got very yeah. um, extremely good um, qualifications yeah. in particular yeah. areas. So, so why should they operate through the National Council of Women rather than through either their professional bodies or some other group? Numbers. When we write a submission on behalf of NCW, it always starts out with an introductory paragraph that explains what NCW is. It's an umbrella group of lots of organisations mm. for women and with a total, so our submission is representing a total number of whatever it is and how many <coughs> branches have contributed. So it's mm. setting up, this This is coming from a lot of women. If, mm. as sometimes happens, the opinions vary, then we say so in the submission. Mm-hmm. Many of our members thought, others of our members thought, even if they're different, we represent mm-hmm. all those viewpoints. So it's actually put the, the before a submission goes in, it goes out to all the regional. That's the ideal. Yep. We have just turned one down this week because it had a time frame, a turnaround frame frame of one week. Mm. It's just impossible to do it and consult people properly in that time frame. Mm -hmm. And when Bob says that um, it comes from the opinion of the members, the members in turn may or may not have taken this back to the people who they represent. Um, Like if you're the Anglican representative, you may go back to the Anglican women's group. Mm -hmm. So it's actually a broader area than than just members. Yes, yeah. It represents okay. a lot of people. Yeah. One of the most significant, I think, where the, <coughs> the balance was mentioned was in the 1970s with the Abortion Law Reform Act mm. and um, Dame Grace Hollander, who was the then national president, has oft, had often said to me that it was absolutely you know, even, people for it, people against mm. it. So when the submission went in, that's what was said. Yeah. And about okay. half of our members are in favour of this and the other half are not, mm. and these are the reasons why. Mm. So okay. that when the MPs discuss something, they can look at the reasons 
and see what the reasons are and why people have those views. And it gives them, I think, a clearer picture than it does just going to their electorate meetings. Yeah, I was going to say, it must be quite complex if you're trying to represent such a diverse group of women and then there's, uh, as you said, there's different religious bodies, there's different political persuasions mm-hmm. and I mean even now it's uh, the Council of Women, gender politics is yeah. mm-hmm. dominant now mm-hmm. so do you, how would you describe the, is there a position or you're just uh, trying to be a voice for the diverse views coming through from no, different areas? I think there often is a position mm-hmm. but we also we're trying to do both in fact and one of the reasons for this particular volume of the resolutions is that they all get... Uh, sorry, could you explain a volume of the resolutions? This one is called 115 Years of Resolutions. So these are all the resolutions that have been passed by the National Conference since 1896 to 2010. There's an okay. another bit that comes on the end which I don't yep. have a copy of. So every one of those policies has been debated at National Conference and there's been an agreement that this is our policy. Uh, and is that agreement, is that consensus or majority? <laughs> majority. Sometimes <laughs> okay. it's majority. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's consensus because everybody yeah. agrees, yeah. but they don't always mm. agree. Do, do you get breakaway groups then who say we don't like the direction mm. that the council's got? I don't think so. Not often, but it mm. has, has happened, mm. and the abortion law reform is one where it is <laughs> yeah. likely okay. to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But I think because of the balance... And the fact that um, the submissions are sent back to the members so they can mm. see what's been said. I think the fact that it was so balanced made people yeah. realise that um, National Council yeah. of Women was not taking a specific stand, yeah. either yeah. pro or anti, yeah. but was just representing yeah. the members. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing. Mm. And that's the mm. difference between yeah. advocacy and lobbying. Yes. Yeah. That we were not. National Council of Women has never represented just one point of view unless yeah. all the members agreed with it. Okay. So so if you when when you've mentioned to people and you were all in fairly significant roles in the organization if you said to people that you're doing that what was the reaction? Many of them are supportive. Hmm. And National Council of Women has been able to make significant change in all sorts of areas Mm. and I think that track record gives people confidence that what National Council of Women is saying is representative of women in general and that gives um, credibility Now given that you you mentioned abortion is one of the complex issues Mm -hmm. would uh, would it be seen as a feminist organisation? I would think so. It's advocating for women. Mm. But in, in terms of feminist ideas and ideas of the, the patriarchy or whatever, and, and the there given are s- that you have different views on, on, on some of these issues. Yeah, but there are other ways in which we're not, because um, I will say something about the fact that we did a lot of work in, in the term when I was president. Oh, and we've all had terms of being president, president of, of the local, local group. Branch, yes. yes. Okay. I have and not been president <coughs> of the local branch. I've avoided that one. <laughs> She's been president <laughs> of the national one. The national one, yeah. yeah. Yes. 
and vice president of the National Bank. Yes, I yes. was vice president of so, um, I don't know if this is the right time to say this, yeah. but I want to say something about our work, okay. about getting people to vote yes. and getting people to stand. And during my term of office, I did a lot of work on encouraging women to stand for mm. local council mm. and other local bodies. There was a point at which we only had one woman mm. of all the people on the city council, only one was a woman. So, and on the other hand, in 2017, I think it was, one of the elections, we had done a lot of work on persuade, um, suggesting to women that we needed more women to stand, and we finished up that a total of 17 women stood for election, and that would include the... Um, DHB, or the, mm. um, the health district health, health board, yes, yeah. as well as and the um, horizons, mm. um, as well as our Palmerston North City Council. Mm. And what we did was we held some meetings. One meet, some of the meetings we held, we had someone from the media. Actually, mm. Richard May was the person then at the mm. on the Manitoba um, Two Standards. And he talked about the importance of having um, a good relationship with the media mm -hmm. and how to get them on board with what you're advocating. Yeah. And then we had um, people who had been on the city council. I remember Jill White mm -hmm. talking at one of our meetings and talking about the importance of having a team mm -hmm. and how to choose a team to back, to back you. And so we had a lot of, um, and the thing that I always said when I was being interviewed about it, which happened every now and then, was we do not say vote because somebody's a woman. Mm. We say vote because somebody is a woman who is capable of doing the job. Mm. And we have always said, we're not feminist in the sense of saying she's a woman, mm. so she's the person that we want. Mm. And we now, of course, have a 50% women, 50% men, fairly <coughs> well, yeah. on the city council. Yeah. And um, there are some city councillors to this day who say to me sometimes that it was because of the work that National Council of Women did mm. that they put their name forward. Okay. So you, you were they members of, of you? Well, I don't know because no. you don't no, have no. to be a member of the the key. No. You could be an associate, no. or you could just be involved in one they of the groups or someone in the community. Yeah, but they weren't involved yeah. with National Council of Women at all. These were yeah. just public meetings that we held. Yeah. So you just saw people, and some said, "Oh, I might be interested," and you said, "Okay, we well, can we help you." We, or we had public meetings and yeah. we advertised our meetings. And women came to the meetings, and they weren't always women that any of us knew. Mm. They came to the meetings to hear what this was about. Yeah. And some of them realised that they could do this, and they okay. could be involved, and that we needed people to be involved to step forward. Yeah. And okay. Rachel Keatwell would be another person mm. who was um, mm. involved mm. with that. So, so you gave them support through the election we, process? or? Not, not no, really. We, we really set them up. We gave them. We gave. We them gave them the tools. I think yes, that's what we could that's say. That's right. And, and then the left them to it. And we gave okay. them confidence, confidence that they could do it. Yeah. Okay. And we told yeah. them some of the things they needed to do, yes. like the team and the media yeah. and 
um, and so on. I don't think any of us, unless they were personal friends already, were involved in the election campaigns. No. Because Mm. that wasn't our role. The only other thing we did was we did organise those meet-the-candidates meetings. And uh, and the first one that I found history of is 1962 when Julia Wallace... Um, was her name was put forward by National Council of Women Manawatu to the Ratepayers Association to nominate, and Julia was the first woman on the Palmerston North yeah. City Council. Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. ah, okay, Good. we we now nearly at time. You know, a couple mm. of minutes. Mm. But you mentioned Julia Wallace. There's a retirement village called Julia Wallace, so That's obviously right. she's significant. So could you just very briefly say <laughs> why is she important? Yeah. <laughs> We haven't got time. Julia was the principal of Palmerston North Girls High School from 1948 to 1969. Mm. She was um, very active in the YWCA. She was very active, I think, in the ratepayers. She um, was president of National Council of Women, Manawatu. Mm. She was national president of the Post-Primary Teachers Association. Um, I don't know. She she was. She and then was, you said, and then she went on the council as well. She was the first woman on the Palmerston North City Council, and okay. you'll see yeah. her name on various plaques about buildings that were built at certain times. The Wallace yeah. um, Judy Wallace Park. Um, That's what Wallace Park across the road from uh, Ontiawiawi Fitzherbert Avenue corner. That's oh, yeah. named after yeah. her. Mm. Um, it's really difficult to explain what she, she was a force of nature and she was amazing. Was, was she a, a Kiwi from Palmerston North? Or? No, she wasn't. She came, I think, from the States. I don't she know. came from overseas, and, but okay. she was here for many, many she years. And she was very much um, a person who was respected and feared <laughs> and very much liked by a lot of us. Thank you for listening to Manawatu Conversations. This and other recent programs can also be found on the Manawatu People's Radio website and a range of programs is also available on the Manawatu Heritage website of the Palmerston North City Archive. The address for that is manawatuheritage.pncc.govt.nz If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.